Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for your word. We thank you, uh, especially today, just for the beauty that it brings and the challenge that comes with that as well. I pray, God, that as we lean into your word to learn more of what it means to uh, bear fruit, that your spirit would guide and lead us today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. There's, uh, during the time of Jesus, there was this, uh, this place known as uh, Herod's Temple. It was in Jerusalem, and it was uh, a, a pinnacle place where people would travel great distances to come to the temple, this promised place where God would be. And, and when you came to Herod's temple during the time of Jesus, uh, you would go through these beautiful golden doors. You can kind of see right here by the little people the size that these doors were. They were massive and huge, incredibly expensive and stunning. But, but if you look closely at the doors, what would have been these front doors, what would have stood out to the people is that there was this wrapped around the pillars. It was a vine signifying the vine and the branches, this metaphor that would be throughout scripture, one that would have God as a gardener and his people are this vineyard, one that God is continually working so that it could produce fruit. This image was true, but, but it also made sense because when you came to the temple, this is what God was doing. That when you came to the temple, you would offer a sacrifice to God and he would bring forgiveness of sin. It was this thing that God as a gardener was working on his people. This was known as the golden vine. It was beautiful. It was very expensive. It was enormous. I mean, look at to scale here. The leaves would be the size of somebody's head. And it was beautiful. But what's interesting, too, about this golden vine is that Josephus, a, a Jewish historian during the time, would tell us that, that this golden vine was also an incomplete piece of art, meaning that it could be contributed to. That there were constantly leaves and vines and, and branches and berries and fruit that were added to it. You know how you added to that? You just gave a little money to the church. Uh, seriously, if you gave enough money, you could contribute to this golden vine. And if you gave enough money, you could have your family's name scribed onto a leaf beautiful piece of art that had all kinds of meaning. Yet, during this time, Jesus, in the last week of his life, when he is in Jerusalem, the place where this temple was located, would point to 
this image of a gardener and a vineyard. And he would point out that, that this is that, that this image of who God is and his relationship to people isn't found or attached with fruit that is attached to gold or a building or a temple. What Jesus would say is that you should bear fruit in your life and that comes through something more beautiful and more costly. It comes in relationship. Today we're continuing our series called chosen, where we're looking at this concept that, that we are chosen by God, that the God who created all chooses us. And he chose us not because he felt sorry for us or not because we earned it, but because he created us and he loves us. And in his choosing, he, he does that not so that we just receive it, but that we also live out that choosing that we live out of that good news for good works. And those good works are not just for myself, but they are oriented for other people as well. Notice these words here in John 15. Jesus says this, teaching to his disciples. He says in John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Notice that Jesus says that I have chosen you and I choose you so that you might go and bear fruit, but not fruit that is temporary and rots over a little period of time, fruit that will last forever, that will go on forever. So what is Jesus talking about here? Because last time I checked, Fruit rots. It spoils. Is he talking about the golden vine and some fake fruit? No, he's not. And notice in another place in scripture, Jesus says this in Matthew 6. He says this, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where neither thieves nor Break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What Jesus seems to be talking about in his, in his ministry, in his teaching, is, is that we are called to bear fruit, and, and fruit that will not, not go away, fruit that will continue on for eternity. And it raises two big questions here for us today that I want us to ponder. What does it actually mean to bear fruit? What does that mean in our lives? What kind of, yeah, he's using an image, but what does that mean for me today? And what's this distinction that Jesus is making between earthly fruit and heavenly fruit? Let me take the first question here. What does it mean to bear fruit or to do good work? There seems to be this this common understanding or universal principle as human beings that these three things are tied together. That time, talent, and treasure are all tied together. What I mean by that is that when you give somebody your time and your talent, generally what you will receive is treasure. You understand what I'm saying? Or if you give someone 
some treasure, you will get back some of your time or talent. Are, are you with me here? Okay, let's make sure that we understand this, okay? So a chef, right? He makes some food. He makes some food by using his time and his talent. How do you get that food? You pay the man, right? Or, for example, you, you go to the grocery store, and you need some food, and you pay the person at the grocery store. What do you get in return? Time and talent. Right? I mean, this is universally how it works. You didn't have to grow the food. You didn't have to tend to the food. You didn't have to go and get it. It just came to you, and what you gave was your treasure. And so what Jesus is saying here is that our treasure is tied to our time and our talent. These things are all together. That this is what it means to bear fruit is that we need to understand this principle that these three things will be tied together. But then Jesus goes on to say that I want you to produce fruit that will last. Fruit that will go on for eternity. What does he mean by that? What is he talking about? Well, I can tell you he's not talking about, about a car because your car loses value the second you drive it off the lot. It will go away. He's not talking about clothes, and he's not talking <laughs> about your house, and he's not talking about a golden vine in Jerusalem. Instead, what Jesus is talking about, fruit that will last forever, is relationship. In fact, notice in John 15, he continues with these words. These are incredible words. He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What Jesus is saying is, I want you to understand this principle that is true of life, that you will find incredible joy in because I've created it this way. I've experienced it this way, and I want you to see it as well. He says this. He goes on and says in verse 12, my command is this, that you would love each other as I have loved you. Jesus doesn't say that it's a suggestion or like, hey, here's the best practice, or you want to live a happier life. No, he says, I am commanding you to love one another. He goes on there and says in verse 13, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for your friends. That love will come with the sacrifice of thinking of the other, of time, talent, and treasure. He, he continues here by saying these words, that you are my friends if you do what I command. He's saying that I want you to get this principle that you're called to love one another. And I love this phrase. He says that I have no longer called you servants, but instead I call you my friends. Notice here, Jesus in John 15 is placing a high value not on stuff, not on material things, not on just yourself, but on relationship, on loving one another. Think about this here for a second. Does this blow your mind? The God of the universe, 
who created all things doesn't call you a servant, but calls you a friend. All right, maybe that's just me. (laughs) This is incredible. Relationship. Our God is a God of relationship. So much so that he would double down and show us the example by living the perfect life, by coming into this world for relationship, to restore what was broken and make it whole and perfect again. That's who our God is. That's who Jesus is, and he calls us to share that with others. I love this quote. I could have... We could have just talked about this quote for a long time by a guy named N.T. Wright. If you're a fast writer, this one is worth writing down here, okay? I think this is a beautiful quote. N.T. Wright says this uh, in regards to John 15 in this section here. He says this, he has come, being Jesus, to give us freedom and joy, not slavery and a semi-human stupor. He has come so that we can bear fruit that will last whether in terms of a single life changed because we love somebody as Jesus loved us, or in terms of a single decision that we had to take, a single task that we had to perform, through which, though we couldn't see it at the time, the world became a different place. This is worth it. Love makes both the lover and the beloved more truly human. Love makes both the lover and the beloved more truly human. See, what our God is, what our, who our God is, is a God who has come to bring us freedom and joy. Not slavery or some semi-human stupor, but he came to give us fruit that would last and calls us to share that with other people as well. And in so doing, the one that gives that love becomes more fully human, and the one who receives that love also becomes more fully human. Amen? Amen. This is good news. This is the example of who our God is, and he does so out of relationship. And he says, this is the fruit that will last for eternity. It will go on and on and on. So, I can only imagine that as Jesus' disciples, when they heard these words in John 15, they are in Jerusalem, and they're going to go to this temple. I could only imagine that as they were going to Jerusalem, and they saw this golden vine And they saw how people would give so much of their possession and so much of their material possession only to just be included on this vine. I can imagine that they must have had this light bulb that would have gone off in that moment. That life isn't about accumulating more stuff or adding to this golden vine. But instead, what it is, is remaining in the love that God has for us and loving others. Using our time, our talent, and our treasure, not for material possession, but for the other. And in that moment, I'm sure they may have had to wrestle with this question that we should wrestle with here today, that when we think about our fruit The question arises, where is your time, 
talent, and treasure going? Is it only going to things that will not last? Now, I get it. We need to eat. I get it. We need shelter. And I don't think Jesus is saying that we're forfeiting those things. But it does have us question, does all of our time and talent and treasure just go to ourselves? Or is it truly going to the other? This last week, uh, we had an incredible opportunity as a church uh, to join in on this sponsorship with World Vision. And at Trinity, we did this at all of our locations. Uh, We had over 200 people who signed up to be a part of sponsorship. It's awesome. And the reason that that happened and the way that World Vision does this is is that it's sponsorship with, with relationship. And so last week on Wednesday, uh, there were two chosen parties that happened of kids from Bolivia that got to choose us to be in relationship. And I want you to check out this video to see that happening. allowed love and light to invade the darkness and heaven came to earth. Sponsorship is such a beautiful program, but it has always been in the hands of the sponsor. The decision and the choice has always been in the sponsor choosing the child and said, no, we're going to put the choice into the hands of a child. This is what the gospel looks like. You put the motion of choice into the hands of a child. You lived out the power of the gospel of God as you put the empowerment and the choice into the hands of a child. I can never forget those beautiful eyes going over right and left, looking for people they wanted as their friend. Chosen is truly amazing ministry. Coming not as the one who's going to save them, but as the one who's going to learn from them and to serve them. And my prayer is that your heart is stirred by God today to step into a relationship with a child, and that relationship changes everything. I want to show you some, uh, some pictures from this last week. This event happened, uh, and typically in, in different times, we'd be able to have people on, on ground there, but with COVID and travel restrictions, uh, they had groups that came to literally uh, choose us here today. Uh, I think this next one, uh, check that out. Isn't that awesome? All right, maybe just me. 
people that, that we may never get to meet this side of heaven. And, and frankly, this is who we are as the church. It's people that are called to love one another because we look at the example of who our God is and the sacrifice that he is for us and we too make sacrifices for others, amen? And so today, um, for those of you who were chosen, that signed up for that, we had people here from Trinity Galewood that signed up. Uh, you, at the end of this service, you're gonna be able to meet the kid that chose you this last week on Wednesday. And if you'd still like to get involved in this, it, it's not too late. There's still plenty of more kids that could be sponsored here today as well. We have some volunteers, and Wandi from World Vision is here again, and you can ask her any question about where money goes and the programs that are happening in Bolivia and all of the things that are going on. But we do that. I love the words that one of the pastors said over that video. We do that because we're not the Savior. We do that because we're not the Savior. We do that because we point people to a God who does save. Amen? And that comes in relationship. And it's one that makes us more fully human for the one who receives it and the one who gives. This is the good news of our God.